Welcome back to the What Podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. And we are back from hiatus with a special NBA bubble playoffs preview. But first, I think Tara has an announcement. I do, but I just want to say like how happy I am to see your face and to be talking to you about basketball. Not like we haven't like constantly been talking about basketball this whole yeah. time, <laughs> but uh, to do it for the What Podcast just adds a little extra amount of spice to our conversation. So I'm super happy to be back here. Um, our announcement is that from this time forward, the What Podcast is going to stand for We Have a Take. So very cleverly, of course, it's still the acronym for what, but we have decided to become even more inclusive so that we can share more voices. And for that reason, Women's Soups and Talks, which was awesome and worked exactly as much as it needed to while when we first got started, we are now the We Have a Take podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> of course, that having been said, it's just the two of us today. <laughs> So yeah. we so will our takes. Right. Well, we have so many of them because it's been yeah. so long. I mean, it's been a very long time. We've been <laughs> we've been holding them them all back, but you know, we're not we're not back for good. We're just going to uh, be doing some here and there as the Blazers do things that are noteworthy like making the playoffs. And then once the league knows what they are doing for next season, you and I can convene and decide what we are going to do for next season so you ready to start with our icebreaker i am so ready um yeah so i'm wondering what what are your favorite bubble slash wobble moments so far well i'm gonna try super hard to narrow it to one although that's impossible and we're gonna talk a whole bunch more about bubble wobble stuff anyway i was trying to figure i think probably the highlight so far was nurkic's first basket Oh, in tears. Absolute tears. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I could not not be crying. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just dead inside or whatever. Like, I know I should be crying about all this stuff, I but I'm just sort of more overcome with joy and I'm not getting the, the tears of joy. Like, so I'm like, what is the matter with me? Like, I have been waiting for this for so it's long. Okay. I cry at cat food commercials, so it's like not a huge leap for me to start just crying at a basketball game, but a lot of emotions seeing him back for sure. Super. It was, it's nice. Well, and so if I was going to pick one non blazer, one, like one, one of the things that I just like the social media coming out of the bubble is just like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we obviously knew it was going to be amazing, but the one that I love and I just laughed every time I think about it is the one where, um, after going fishing, Ben Simmons caught the fish and then he tried to throw it back into the water and he couldn't throw it off the boat. I just thought, is that going to be what this whole, is that to set the bar for the tone for the whole bubble? And it kind of did. And I just, that one just cracks me up. But how about you? Okay. So wobble highlights, there are so many. Um, They had an egg toss competition the other day with the players in like the street outside of where they're staying and they were like tossing eggs between two players in a whole competition. I, I don't even know the level of awesomeness that's happening. Oh my God. That's so athletes um, are so competitive no matter what, like even in no, the no matter what. mundane circumstances. Um, the, the children of the wobble are incredible. Amaya is making me an aces fan one step closer every day. Now whose daughter um, is she? Uh, 
She, is that Asia's like, daughter? No, Hamby. Okay. So, but it, she was featured in Asia's uh, post-game interview the other day. So, you know, she's everywhere. I'm loving her. Uh, as far as bubble moments, I'm everything Gary Trent Jr. is wearing. <laughs> um, and non-Blazer related, I'd say Jimmy Butler's $20 coffee shop, which where everything is $20. Um, bubble, pick me. Send me down there. I will make you coffee. I will bring coffee from Portland. Like, I'm sure. I, I'll have connections. Like, I'll get some coffee down there. Like, let me make you coffee. I mean, I'm sure Jimmy Butler is very talented, but. So he was actually on. supposed to be the one making the coffee? Um, He brought, like, a, I think he brought a, I think, rumor has he brought a French press with him. <laughs> and there isn't a lot of other coffee options in the bubble. And so he's charging $20 a cup. No matter what you want, it's $20. He has a menu out. I don't know if he can actually provide the whole menu. I really need to deep dive into this, but I've been too distracted with the fact that there's 9 million games on at all times. Yeah. Which I'm currently unemployed, and I feel like my employment is watching basketball. I think you should definitely continue to attend to that. And the coffee situation is like... I cannot believe, like, when I heard right at the beginning that there were limited coffee options. I was like, did nobody from the Pacific Northwest participate yeah. in the preparation of this bubble business? What was happening? I mean, like, like I mean, and I want to know what, like, limited options mean. Does that mean that, like, you still have a coffee shop, like, you know, every 60 feet, but it's only, like, one purveyor? Or does that mean, like, there are literally, like, you have to walk, you know, 100 yards to get coffee? Because... Yeah, I wouldn't even I don't know, know what to do in that. Situation. I think if we can get Amara on um, in an emergency coffee episode, because I know she loves her iced coffee, uh, we're we'll have an update. We sure. totally <laughs> need to do that because you're right. It's it's a very suspicious situation. It's almost like people are conspiring against Blazers, knowing that they come from the coffee region. They're like, yeah. let's make sure that they don't have access to coffee. But if they're looking for a solid home espresso machine, I have I have good good recommendations for them. So if any Blazers are looking for price points, probably <laughs> beyond my own, I can recommend the ones that I would have bought had I had an NBA salary. Um, but I can also recommend the one that I bought, which is pretty solid for the price point. Though. I think they need to have you come down and do a consult. Yeah, I'm I'm completely down. I'll get tested. I'll wear a mask. I'll live in a glass bubble if they need me to I'll sleep on the floor I really I don't need much <laughs> I'll jump in a pool for a shower I mean I'm totally fine with this so okay so MBA Adam Silver if you're listening <laughs> yeah I'm a really cheap provider of coffee and I do not ask for much um but don't ask me to serve the Lakers <laughs> <laughs> well let's move on and talk about our Portland Trailblazers so We'll talk about, like, the upcoming games in a minute, but in general, in the bubble, what have you thought of our Blazers? Are they what you thought they were going to be? Yes and no. I was expecting maybe a little improvement on that defensive three-point line. <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I had a hope there. But besides that, I think Damian Lillard has been spectacular. Gary Trent Jr., like how could I have, how could we have predicted that that amount of 
like it almost felt like that much of a both a physical and mental growth on his part to just be that locked in. And it's really impressive because I think that's a hard for a young player to do. And it's hard to do it at the level where he doesn't seem to care if people are judging him because he's like, this is me and I'm helpful. And I think that's so powerful to like realize that you can make that kind of impact. So man, I guess, I guess they've exceeded it in a lot of ways. And then I had nuggets of hope that maybe didn't come true, but that's okay. Um, so overall, I mean, we're in the playoffs. Okay. I expected six and two and that's what happened. And so I'm very happy about that. I'm so glad you expected six and two. I had a horrible prediction. I was, I'm just, I'm a terrible person, but like it goes back to me having low expectations so I can be delighted when they, when they (laughs) surpass them. So I went in thinking like, I mean, I've been saying all year, like how different the Blazers are going to be when Yusuf Nurkic gets back. So I don't know why I didn't, you know, follow that up. I said three and five, which is just embarrassing. And I'm sorry. And I apologize. And Blazers, I wish that I could take it all back, but it's just me. That's just who I am. That doesn't mean I'm not a true fan. It's just, like I said, low (laughs) expectations. Um, But like, no, like as soon as Nurkic got back there, like Damien just, There was just one less thing Mm. he had to worry about. And I cannot believe, like, I really honestly believe that Damian Lord has been holding back this whole time. I feel like at any time he could have just been playing like this over the last at least couple of years. I mean, he's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to turn it on now. Um, No, and I think it shows how intelligent of a player he is that he doesn't do that all the time because he he creates such a good team atmosphere by being there and but when he needs it it's there Mm -hmm. it's not like he's a selfish player and that's what I like about it is because there are times yes maybe it's a lot of shots maybe that but he gets the job done and his team feels supported Mm -hmm. yeah like that's I don't know how you have that mentality and also support other people so well and be so consistent about it but at the same time, though, I feel like right now the Blazers are in a place where they, you know, partly because of Nurkic being back and not as a knock against Hassan, but just like Dame and Nurk had lots of reps and they had chemistry. And uh, with even working uh, Mello, a relatively new player, back into the rotation, I feel like he's surrounded for the most part by people that he can trust. And so it takes that like little bit of an onus off of him to have to like also be doing a whole bunch of floor generaling. I think yeah. now they're just playing. And like Mello, like he's not perfect, but he does what he needs to do and you can depend on him, him to do it. Right? Like he's and honestly. That's perfect in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, and I think the expectations of Mello coming in versus what is happening now is insane. Like, I'm I'm one to talk for sure. But, like, I love that man now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just love him. Like, I'm just like, and you can see it on the sidelines, too. And it makes me question anything I've ever thought about him prior to this because he is the most supportive teammate 
clearly from what we're seeing and what we're hearing from his teammates. And so I think any of that like ego, like I need to be on the floor. I think he realizes at this point he's a veteran and he can be on the court and make big impacts and be off the court and make big impacts. Mm -hmm. I think him and Gary, that relationship is, I think, a big part of why Gary is Bubble Gary. Yeah. (laughs) Bubble Gary is doing things that seasoned veterans do, like the little things. Like he's picked up that whole throwing things out of bounds off of other players already. He Mm -hmm. has picked up some, like, I am, you know how Damian the Lord adds something new every single Mm -hmm. year? I can't wait. Like, like, Gary's adding something new every month. (laughs) Yeah. Every three days, there's something new. Oh, and I remember like this when from, I can't remember if it was for, from the scrimmages or from the like original first seating games. But one of the first things that he did was like a step back jump shot. And I'm like, oh, we have a step back three now from Gary, you know? And I was, when I was going through and looking at, um, comparing notes with like Laker players and other veterans who've been playing, you know, for the, in the league for years. Um, I was looking at Danny green. So Danny green is, he's been in the league for like 11 years. He's a career 40% three point shooter, but he barely does step backs. So like over the last four years, he took 37 step back shots and Gary in his two years has taken 34 and they're both making them at about the same rate. They're, I mean, they're both, fun, you know, really good at it. They're both shooting 50% on step backs. But, I mean, this is the kind of thing, like, like he Gary's only been in the league for two years, and Danny Green's been around for 11. And Gary's already, like, getting, a you know, a, a toolbox full of things that veterans who've mm-hmm. been around. You know how, like, the chef shows up with, like, all his knives, and, like, when you're at the yeah. beginning of your career, you have, like, you know, your 8-inch and maybe your 10-inch. knife roll. And then yeah. by the time you've been around 30 one. years, you, like, unroll, like, your thing, and it's, like, you put, you know, you just have so many th- more things that you can work with. So, yeah. um, God, just, you know, loving... I mean, you know how much I've always loved Gary, and... I don't know if for some reason I just felt like he had this in him. And, um, you know, I love that. I love Mello being able to come up, not just like as a good teammate, like you were saying, but also like you were saying, like with actual clutch three point shots to win them or tie or yeah. like make a difference in the game. Like I didn't necessarily think that he was going to be a difference maker in the game. You know, and that's on me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would be this much of a difference at all. Yeah, and can, like, can you believe that Damon like CJ wanted reel. him for years, and we were like, oh no, like as if like we knew better than what Damon CJ were saying, which would be like that Mello would be a good compliment to this team. <laughs> Someday, if Damon CJ could be like a general manager and basketball operations manager for the Portland Trailblazers, I would die of happiness. That's, that would be incredible. That's such a good idea. <laughs> I love it. Please run our team in the future. That I I I would I would be in on that. So yeah. yeah. So like so what else? Like what? You know, we talked a little bit about like the three point defense. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know how necessarily that's gonna get any. I don't know. I was like, oh, yeah. I I I need to look and see like how bad it really is because the last game I swear 
or the last several games, I swear the Blazers couldn't get an offensive rebound. Like if it punched them in the face, they would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But then I went and I looked and they actually are doing just fine when it comes to like overall how many offensive rebounds they're getting. So when I look at their three point, it's like, mm, I don't I think we're 26th in the league for a three point defense. Yeah, that's not good. But our offense is killer. So and in reality, there are Lakers. I'd rather shoot three pointers than go inside LeBron. Yeah. So if LeBron could be shooting out there more than going into the key more, I would be OK with that this series. Yeah. Well, before we go and do our Laker preview talk, uh, let's talk about bubble in general. What is something that is going on in the bubble, like league-wide, like that you want to see be actually implemented once things return to, I guess they're never going to go back to normal, but like once, you know, things go somewhat back to how we're used to them. If Okay, so if things could go back to the most normal, and I'm just in that hope. Yeah. <laughs> Normal-ish. I would hope that training camps become a bubble somewhere. I think that if you could move all everybody or, you know, West Coast teams or East Coast teams into a situation where they're all surrounded by each other for a certain amount of time, I mean, it doesn't have to be necessarily bubbleized to the extent that we are for health and safety reasons now. But I think giving them that kind of summer camp kind of thing, it really seems to inspire young players because they are used to that AAU style. So this is almost kind of like a combination of like, you know, that AAU high school, college, you know, we live together, we work together, you know, kind of atmosphere that I think is a really nice bridge for a lot of those players. And I think the Phoenix Suns are the perfect team to kind of show that off Mm -hmm. because they now lived in a bubble and their play outside of the bubble or their their play inside of the bubble are two different kind of things a lot of the way. And I think they thrived because of that atmosphere. And I think a lot of young players are thriving because of that atmosphere I think we're talking about a lot more young players because of that atmosphere. So, I mean, we know it's an atmosphere that Gary Trent Jr. loved. Uh I mean, seeing his old interviews where he just walk up to teammates and start talking to them when he was younger, like it shows that that, there's this that level of fun that comes from this. And I think if the NBA could encapsulate that level of fun for the players' sake, I think that would be great. And I also think that the league also needs to continue to let them speak out mm-hmm. about the issues that are important to them. Because I think we have to break this pattern of they're just talking about sports. They're just talking about this. We only talk about fun things with them. We have to break that because it just doesn't make any, doesn't make any damn sense. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so I think allowing players a platform in that sense. And I think the media has to continue to allow that platform as well, because we can't go back to, I don't want to go back to a normal in that sense. There is no going back to that old normal for me. Um, I think from a social justice issue, 
that's the point where we need to move forward. There is no going back to normal. Now, do I want to go back to games in that sense of normal? Absolutely. But from a social justice perspective, I, there is no there is no turning back at this point. And I think that is beyond the NBA. I think we can't can't backpedal at this point. Mm-hmm. I love what you said um, with regards to the first part of it and the the bubble atmosphere. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, this is like varsity summer league. So it's like it has all the varsity players around the JV players. And like what you were talking about, how it seems like it's really beneficial for the younger players, you know, to have all the access constantly with their uh, the the older vets. I I love that, too. I just I love the whole tournament aspect of it. I like when they were talking previously about like the play in tournament, like I still don't really know what they're the. I'm sorry, the mid-season tournament. Mm-hmm. I still am not exactly sure like what that means or what it looks like. But if it looked anything like this, I would be totally on board. Yeah. Like just bringing everybody into one location just amps mm-hmm. up everything. And I don't obviously it's I don't well, I don't think it's realistic to do for 82 games. But I love no. the idea now of now that I've seen uh. this, I think that would be so fun. Well, and it was funny. I My husband mentioned the other night. Um, he was saying, well, what if they made the midseason tournament somehow a blood tournament like this, but it was mixed teams, WNBA, NBA. Oh, you mean like actually we, like the team actually, actually mixed a mix of team. players? Yes. Oh my gosh. That would be so fun. And a mixed teams, you know, tournament midseason, maybe you put it with an all-star game or some sort or a a double double league celebration of some sort because I think the WNBA has also gained a lot of momentum now and for good reason. I mean, representation, representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can scream it from the rooftops, but it's got to be a continued thing. And so I think that would be super fun. I just love tournaments. I, I love being able to watch basketball at 1030 in the morning. Like I'm watching the playoffs right now. This is wild. Yes, I know. I, I am so on board the whole tournament aspect of it. And, you know, one thing that I've, I've really thought about a ton during this whole episode or whatever is that um, I love the barnstorming aspect of it. I love how like they practice in the ballroom, <laughs> but that goes back to how back in the day before the NBA that we know that's how basketball used to it used to be like lots of exhibition games and lots of smaller leagues in different regional areas and then they would like make arrangements to go play each other and they would do it in a ballroom and they would move all the chairs and tables aside and move the chandelier out of the way and or like all of those games that used to get played up in the mountains like in the summertime uh mm-hmm. like in the Adirondacks or whatever like i think we've forgotten because I mean, the NBA is a great product. Don't get me wrong. It's like, I don't want to like yeah. change it, but I think it's become, it's what we've become used to so that we think that like pretty much that's how the pinnacle of like how your basketball experience is supposed to go. And that's not true at all. And you know, that's on me for not thinking yeah. outside the box, but I just, I love this reminder that we're all getting that like, there's lots of ways that you can have sporting competitions. And I think that's super cool. And yeah, also what, what I, I love what you said about, you know, social justice too. I think that's a a great point that like that is they can't go back to not having that at now. Like they have, 
uh, made the platform available to the players. The players have taken it. They've taken a stand. And I like the fact that guys have different opinions on things because like not not everybody's a monolith like we have different like Kyrie speaking up the the way he did like I'm fine like that's I think that's good that he's in a place where he feels like you know he can say his differing opinion or he can call out things to get Mm -hmm. us to to look at things you know I just I just think it's important that we don't think that like every NBA player is of exactly the same mindset because, you know, they're individuals just like all of us are individuals. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there are issues that mean something to each person mm-hmm. on a personal level and on a more in-depth level. And so I think it is at first I wasn't like real. I like didn't. I didn't quite understand the jerseys uh, until really starting to deep dive into why players chose what they chose, because I think that was another way to kind of showcase that. And it's a very visible way to showcase that Mm -hmm. Um, in every sense, because I mean, every picture has it every, but also for me, it was, you know, seeing kids embrace that. And I think that was the level where I didn't, Maybe it wasn't as meaningful as an adult, but as a kid to see that, you kind of, when your hero's wearing something, you, you want to know why, or you want to, you want to support what they're supporting, or at least understand what they're supporting. And I think that's powerful for a lot of young fans right now. You know, I thought that after we'd seen him for a while, that the sayings on the back of the jerseys would sort of fade into the background. And I find that for me personally, that's not the case. Yeah. I actually continually look at what those phrases are and and think about Mm -hmm. them. And like I said, I was really afraid that, you know, we'd see it the first couple of games, then it would just kind of blend into the background, just like their names and their numbers do, but they really don't. And yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what trick our brains are playing or my brain is playing Mm -hmm. to make me hang on to that, but I think it's great. And you know, who knows if that's something that will continue after the bubble or not. But I would love to see a tournament. Yeah. I would love to see the play-in game. I think that was amazing. And it made, like, the whole race up to the end. Not for every team, but for more yeah. teams, it made the basketball meaningful. Yeah. And it was just absolutely terrifying at the same God. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so ab- I know. I know. Boy. Boo, the stress level. Nothing is ever, um, ever, ever easy with this team. No, it just, I don't think it's ever easy with the Blazers, period. Like, not even, like, year, ec- decades, eras. Like, just hard sometimes. Um, but that's sports. <laughs> Is there anything with the Blazers that you'd love to see continue? I love, the more and more I think about it the more I love the idea of keeping CJ and Dame together and keeping Gary Trent and Ant together and kind of creating the ideal of what we want as a franchise and building on that kind of in the way that other, like like the Spurs have for a long term. I think we, I mean, we have a franchise player who likes the coach, who likes the community, who likes what's going on. And it really feels like that's what's happening in that mentorship process. And 
I would love to see how that plays out long term. And I know that's very hopeful for an NBA fan to hope that like four players stay on your team long term. Like that's insane. And I understand that. But I think it would be fun to see how that plays out. And maybe maybe it's not necessarily Ant and Gary Trent, even though I think they're perfect for it. I think maybe you find your best connection with those two players and kind of allow that mentorship to happen still at a young, younger age, because I don't know, it feels like they're creating something much bigger than five years, 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'd like to see it play out. Yeah. Kind of an an identity identity that's beyond just dress. Um, I think it's the sweetest thing in the whole world to see everybody wearing all the new ant gear. You know, I love it. Ant's new clothing line, and you know Gary with that wild outfit with the giant mouth with fangs on his hero. (laughs) I love him. Ant boat hat on top. Oh, he just. But and also like Damien including Gary and Naz in his track. That's yeah. And then Dame also wearing a bunch of ant gear. Uh I mean, Uh we're the whole team is rocking it. Yeah, I just. There's a level of love and support, but I think that's that's been consistent with Damian Lillard-led teams. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. You know what I want to see continued after the bubble? Jordan Kent. I love having him on the call. Uh, yes. Complimenting him and Lamar are so... Like, I feel... Even though we're all like stressed out of our minds, oh yeah. If if it wasn't for Jordan Kent on the call, I would be oh, yeah. even more. <laughs> yeah, I was a mess during the last game because we didn't have them, and I was yeah. like, "Please give me Jordan Kent and Lamar. I'm having a panic attack. Like I I couldn't handle it. Like I need Brickles and Dam to also be feeling what I'm feeling and me seeing it and being like, "Yes, we're in this together." Like Jeff Van Gundy doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I need support through this. This is hard. I I never thought of the play-by-play person being the person to actually bring a sense of calm because their whole point is to like get us pumped and like be excited about the game and he is and he's like he's getting more, you know, um sort of mercurial in his calls mm-hmm. as as he gets used to it or whatever. Yeah. But uh just you know, the 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 first time somebody on the Blazers got kicked in the crotch and Jordan just like smoothly addressed it and moved on. I, I was love like, it. he's amazing. Like everybody else just makes it awkward and like tries to make like, it's like we're just going to give him a minute. And yeah, he was just like he just handled that so masterfully. And I'm oh. like, I never want another play-by-play person. I know. I love it. And he He's and, wonderful. He and Lamar what? are great. And so, I don't know, I've, the Blazers are getting so sick of hearing me. I'm, like, sending them constant emails about how much I love Jordan Kent. So, I don't even know if Jordan Kent wants to keep doing it. But, like, for yeah. me personally. Jordan Kent can have this job as long as he wants it. And I would love him to keep it as long as he wants it. I mean, I already knew he was amazing. I, I watched him do some of the Nintendo stuff, and he's fantastic. Um, and I don't even care about that. Um, and so watching him do something I care about is, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have sent Jeff Curtin maybe too many messages yeah. <laughs> about how much I love Jordan Kent. And he's like, okay, I don't really know you. Stop it. I'm like, okay, let me message Brock. <laughs> <laughs> 
we love you, Jeff Curtin. We also really love Jordan Kent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so that that has been uh, that has been really a sort of a bonus fun mm-hmm. aspect of this whole thing. Okay, and they're let- not even there. How good are they going to be when they're there? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, okay. it's going to be awesome. We won't talk about Jordan. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming series against the Lakers. I mean, if the Blazers were going to make the playoffs, we knew this was coming. So, what kind of what kind of thoughts do you have? What what are you going to be watching for primarily in this? I I honestly don't know if I can watch analytically besides just being a fan in this situation this year. I feel like I am watching for I'm watching for ferocious moments. Uh I'm watching for those like, I will dive on the floor and I don't care. I will grab that ball out of your hand. I'm looking for steals. I am looking. I'm looking for them to play like they're having fun because I think when they play like they're having fun, they do better and it's more fun to watch. So ferocious fun. (laughs) I like it. That sounds good. Um, I am uh, I am really looking forward to when Gary Trent is guarding LeBron because I think it's going to be really fun. I think that's going to be ferocious fun right there. And I think, as we've seen from Gary, there's not going to be one wasted moment of it. So like every time he LeBron does get by him and he doesn't stop LeBron is just going to be like one more thing that Gary files to not do again or to adjust. And like, I, I think Gary is going to, if he gets to guard LeBron, he is yeah. going to learn so much and come out of this, like such a good defender. Yeah. And I mean, he loves watching tape, mm-hmm. like loves it. There are not a lot of players love watching tape. <laughs> like he talked about loving watching tape, versus cartoons as a kid like he is built for this yeah i mean i mean who else do you think is gonna like be guarding lebron armello maybe yeah i mean he's in moments he's a little more his size and you know maybe zach collins sometimes but i just i'm like put gary on him and because he won't let go (laughs) i know i'm worried about the foul situation but wenyan Oh, like, yeah. Honestly, God, I, I love feel like in chaos. there's going to be a lot of fouls possibly in this series. Um, So if the fouls could not be on Yusuf Nurkic and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. So I uncovered something um interesting. Oh, no, that was free throws. Never mind. But generally, Gary is not too... Uh, not too bad at fouling. So yeah, that's true. Um, he hasn't I know, I really just gotten think... himself in too much trouble, but like, you know, he's never had it's to awful. guard LeBron for an extended yeah. period, but when I'm so glad you brought him up. Cause like, yeah, mm-hmm. he was, uh, he was quite a force during the, that last Laker yeah. game that they played. And I just, you know how much I love chaos and how much I loved the chaos that chief yeah. brought. And I just feel like when is kind of like the next iteration of that, because yeah. you're just, like, not quite sure what he's going to do. You know it's going to be exciting. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes those are the players that do pretty well against LeBron. Because I don't think – I think LeBron likes the organized chaos a lot of the time. And I think when things are too chaotic, there are certain players that are like, 
Like, okay, just throw the chaos. Just <laughs> throw it on in there. <laughs> yeah, that might disturb uh, LeBron a little bit. And, like, so I – you know how LeBron always creates, like, a narrative for everything that he does? And I personally appreciate that because I think yeah. it's, like – it's fun. And it's also like when you're the best player for an extended period of time and you want to create a story around whatever motivates you to be that great. Fine. If you are, you know, like we saw Michael Jordan, like taking everything personally, no matter what it was. And I see LeBron creating in his mind, whatever he needs to, to motivate him. But I'm holding out this tiniest sliver of hope that, uh, LeBron will be worried. Like LeBron maybe like plays a couple of games against the Blazers, finds out they're a lot harder than he was anticipating and decides that he doesn't want a championship if there's an asterisk by it and goes, okay, you know what? <laughs> I know that's not going to happen, but I'm, this, this is the story I'm writing in my Nuggets brain. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like this story. Um, I know it's ridiculous. I just want Carmelo to get in his head. Oh, yeah, I'm here for it. I, it's gonna. Be, they'll gonna be friends still. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm anxious to see what the two of them look like. Well, and I also, Damian Lillard owes Anthony Davis a really hard time. Like, and I, it's one been mm-hmm. one of those things that like I just can't get over. All of the instant praise that Anthony Davis got the moment he stepped into the league after not having really achieved anything with the Pelicans except for a sweep of the Trailblazers. Whereas Damian Lillard just coming out and starting right off at the beginning to carry a team on his shoulders Mm -hmm. and actually make the team better. And yet Anthony Davis gets all the attention and all the praise. That's just like, well, it's coming back around now. Uh, yeah, but I'm afraid, like, so... I'm afraid about praise. <laughs> I know, but I just... Damian Lillard owes. <laughs> yeah. He's owed a really great loss. series against Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo, who may possibly be back. Yeah, and... Well, I don't know about... Uh, that was a bad injury, but his... um, Because they're saying his rehab is continuing in the bubble. Yeah. But let's hope we don't see him. But I don't know. I know bubble yeah, is going to be interesting when he does. Get I'm better. interested by it all. It's just <laughs> all crazy. It's all fascinating weirdness. I kind of, I don't know. It's like an Olympics version of, I don't know. It's Olympics and March madness, but it's the NBA and it's happening in Disney. And, and I'm, st- I'm seeing like pictures of Mickey mouse waffles and Mickey mouse brownies at the same time. It's just wild. I'm, it's just this weird, it's just it very much matches 2020. Yes, on it, its weirdness level it of like, does. is this real? Yeah, like, are they projecting these images? Is any of this happening? Um, it is. Don't worry. Right, and at the same time, it's like what we talked about earlier. Like, do we ever like? What's it going to be like when we go back? Like, is this going to be? You know, I mean, it's going to be interesting 20 years from now when we talk about this and say, mm-hmm. you know, remember when it used to be like this and we'll be like, yeah, I remember that back in the day. <laughs> well, hey, we've so we brought up Disney and I know that you have created a brand new, very special bubble playlist for us. So why don't you take us through what you've prepared? Hi. 
So I want to welcome everyone to the Disney Bubble Playoffs Round 1 playlist. <laughs> um, I've got a Disney song for each matchup of the playoffs. And we're going to start over here on the East. Or not over here because I am not on the East Coast. But we're going to start with the East Coast because my heart is always with Wesley Matthews to a certain extent. Um, so we've got that Magic and Bucks lineup. And I think... Well, I know. The Magic have not beat the Bucks in a game since February 9th of 2019. <laughs> uh, they have lost eight of their last ten matchups against them. And I think the Magic are going to need some Disney bubble magic to get out of the first round or win a few games. Um, which means wishing upon some stars. So, for them, I'm going with When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Um... Because when you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come true. And you are the only team with home court advantage, let's be real. Oh, that so, is so sweet. I could totally I, see them. A being little love for the magic, um, a little hope. Um, but I think it also is somewhat applicable to the Bucks and their mission. So for our next matchup, we've got the Raptors and the Nets. Uh, the Nets are depleted, to say the least. They are missing their two main stars. And despite uh, playing okay in the bubble, they are not playing an opponent like the Raptors night after night in the bubble. I think the Nets are going to have to give everything they've got. But as Portland fans saw at the end of the regular season bubbles, or at, the, at the end of the regular bubble season, that this Nets team is capable of giving a whole lot. And I think that they're going to have to try just about everything. And so that is why I've given them Try Everything, sung by Shakira from Zootopia. Um, because I won't give up, no. I won't give in till I reach the end. And then I'll start again. No, I won't leave. I want to try everything. I want to try even though I could fail. What a night. You're so good at this. <laughs> what a good message. And Shakira. So and Shakira and the the we're gonna we're gonna put up a playlist I got all everything together so we'll even have a video featuring Shakira so that's a good break the day um so next up the Celtics and the 76ers the Celtics and the 76ers series should be a fun one to watch I enjoy watching both of these teams for multiple reasons and anybody who listens to this podcast already knows I love watching Kemba Walker play basketball but they are Two of those teams that I think are almost there. But it never seems to make the impression that the Bucks or the Raptors or other teams do. So these are those two teams that I think struggling with health is going to be part of that in the bubble. And I think they're almost there, meaning I gave them the song Almost There, sung by Anika Noni Rose. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, from Princess and the Frog. It is a lovely song. And it includes the uh, lyrics, I'm almost there. People going to come here from everywhere, and I'm almost there. So I think fans are going to be coming their way after they get over some injuries. Um, Very inspiring. Um, so my next one is one of my favorites, and it's just the only one that was just instantaneous in my head of all of these. It's our Heat and Pacers matchup. Um, and I just imagine a training montage of Jimmy Butler and the Heat and Jimmy Butler's yelling at all the other Heat players while this plays in the background, and I refuse to believe that it didn't happen, and that's not how every day starts in the Heat training facility. So therefore, I've picked I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan by Donny Osmond. Um, 
That's definitely what happens every morning with Jimmy Butler. I had no idea Donny Osmond sang a uh, Disney song. I'm like, I'm totally out of the loop on Disney songs. And oh, so you're going to have to listen to this playlist. I'm so excited to listen to this playlist because like I'm not into Disney movies, but I think now that I'm going to have a movie to or like a picture in my head of Jimmy Butler <laughs> while this song plays, I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, and, and shout out to my nieces and nephews, because that is why I know so much about Disney. <laughs> also, six-year-old Cassidy, so we're going about, there's some oldies in here. Um, so my next matchup, we are going to go with the Nuggets and the Jazz, and they're playing right now in background on my TV. Oh my god, do you have a song about, like, getting a root canal? Kind of. Um, so I think that these teams are both they're both injured. I want to make a comment about that series. The Nuggets and I am so bummed that they are seeing each other in the first round because yeah. they're both our teams that play at elevation and now they're playing at sea level. And I think I would have loved to have like had Ooh. somebody else play them who because usually they use that so much to their advantage, even though people claim there's no advantage. There's totally an advantage. And like, I think it's such a bummer that they're playing each other because like the playing fields like already even <laughs> like yeah. I would have loved like for Portland to be able to play one of those teams so that they didn't actually have to go to Denver to play them true but how many of them stayed in Denver and trained in Denver of the Nuggets or the and the Jazz yeah, you mean that'd be that'd be kind of an interesting thing to see if anybody like you know went to their house in LA yeah to enjoy the beach yeah something but, like that in any case they're all playing at sea level now yeah true but they're also playing Andrew and so I think they're just gonna have to dig a little deeper um this is one of my personal favorite Disney songs dig a little deeper sung by Jennifer Lewis and the the pinnacle gospel choir uh written by Randy Newman and it's from the princess and the frog and the lyric that I think just kind of spoke to this series is you got to dig a little deeper. Don't have to go far. You got to dig a little deeper. Tell the people mama told you so. Can't tell you what you'll find. Maybe love or grant you a peace of mind. Dig a little deeper and you'll know. Because I think both these teams are going to have to dig a little deeper past this season to get, you know, any much further. Um, so our next series. One of the ones I am so looking forward to watching. <laughs> yeah. The Thunder and the Rockets. I don't know how... Any basketball fan could not be stoked for this series. Um, and I think that there are two players involved in this series that could really benefit from some Disney advice. So to Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, I say, let it go. You've had some distance to give you perspective. And now it is time to test the limits and break through. I really, it, it really is too bad we're not going to get to see Westbrook in this series, or at least early on in the series. I think that those two teams are incredibly intertwined, and I think this is a series that will especially let Oklahoma City start to break away from the Westbrook era, the repetitive dialogue, you know, being waved to constantly on the streets. Um, but I think that uh, I think Chris Paul is kind of one of those guys that, you know, the Colts never bothered him anyway. <laughs> so I think that let it go is perfect for this team. I think it's time to let go time to break through 
I've heard this song so many times on repeat because of my niece. So this one I, I just, actually know. <laughs> I internalize this as the song for this series. I think it's time to just let it go, you guys. I play love basketball. that. But I also want to say, like, how, uh, you know, I've never been a fan of Chris Paul and especially watching Chris Paul play. But, like, just because of the work that he did to make, to get everything that he did to get the players and the league to this point is, like, you just, you have to, you know, pay him the respect for, like, all of that. He's an excellent NBPA. Like, yeah. He's just really good at it. Yeah. No, I I am um, yeah. so impressed. And But it's also fun to watch him when he gets mad on the court. But, like, okay, see, they, they've, they had such a good year. And, like, good for them. I mean, I know that yeah. I'm not supposed to say that because I'm a Blazer fan. I mean, we destroyed them. It's okay to, like, hope they rebuild. And they have. That and was a done huge it really favor well. that Damian Lillard did to them. Yeah. I hate to say it, but you're welcome. I didn't put that one in here, but that one's from Moana. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, but speaking of Chris Ball, the Clippers, they're going to be facing the Mavericks in the first round. And I think the, the Clippers have never won a championship. And the Mavericks are a young uh, team. They average about 26.9 years on that team. I guess they're not that young, but... They're talented. They have big dreams. And so I think that this song is perfect for both of them. And I imagine that Luka Doncic sings this to himself, like, a lot in the locker room. And I imagine that this is what Paul George is listening to in his headphones when he walks up, but he'll never admit it. But I think that they just can't wait to be king, like Simba and the Lion King, written by Elton John and Tim Rice. Um, I'm going to be a mighty king, so enemies beware. I'm going to be the main event like no king was before. I'm brushing up and looking on looking down. I'm working on my roar. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. And I know you're waiting, but I hope you keep waiting because I hope Damian Lillard is king. Um, he is in our hearts. And now always and I'm always going to think of this when I see um, previews of the of the Mavericks. I'm going to think of Luka Doncic listening to the Lion King soundtrack. I I honestly also think that he may be surrounded by talking animals when he goes back to his hotel room that like talk to him and they have a party because he just he seems like he could be like a Disney prince in a movie where he just like but like in in the role that you normally see the princess in in Disney movies like I think he could like really just like be having a blast somewhere like it could be about him yeah it could definitely be about him um but our final matchup is you know, the main event for us in Portland here. We've got the Lakers and the Blazers and all of my emotions are tied up in this series and I can match every single one of those emotions to a Disney song. I'm going to be honest, I probably could have picked 30 Disney songs for this matchup and I did and then deleted them and then added a different one and deleted it, added a different one and deleted it and I did that about 300 times. So I think I finally came up with it. I think as far as the national attentions go, The Blazers are going to have to stand out above the crowd, even if Gary Trent Jr. has to shout it out loud. Till Blazers are the only faces you see, we're going to stand out till you notice Rip City. So, stand out from the Goofy movie, which is my absolute favorite uh, soundtrack, I believe. Um, I just think we're going to have to stand out, and I think that is a parody of the song. Don't worry, Disney. Um... (laughs) 
But I think the other uh, lyric from that song that also kind of uh, speaks to that message is some people settle, settle for the typical thing, living all their lives waiting in the wings. It ain't a question of if, just a matter of time. But if I move to the front of the, but before I move to the front of the line. And so I think that that is perfect. It represents all of our second chance players, the people that maybe have been doubted, the people from, you know, small schools that weren't supposed to be drafted so high. And I think standout is the Blazers theme for the Disney bubble. Oh my God. I love it so much, Cassidy. That is so perfect. I can't wait to go listen to this playlist. I'm going to listen to it several times before the game. I just like, I think that you've picked out like the perfect things to make them relatable. And like, I always get these things conflated in my brain. And so now like, obviously this is the Blazers anthem because it's perfect. The lyrics that you everything Powerline sings is our anthem. (laughs) I might have to actually go watch the whole. I'm really, I'm, Clearly an late 80s kid. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I'm sure we have many listeners who are late 80s kid. And so let's get this. Let's let's wrap this up so that we can put that playlist together. We can tweet it out there so people can find it. And uh, we can get worked on getting this thing posted so that we can have it up before the game on Tuesday. Oh, wait. Before we go, uh, I we wanted to recognize a few of our friends who have been on this podcast, who are friends of ours on Twitter, who are doing some really exciting things. So if you remember our friend Janelle, Janelle was uh, recording with us actually when that game was canceled. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. We were. You mean nine years ago? Yeah, we were recording our uh, crazy bracket, and um, Janelle was doing that with us um, along with Sasha. Um, But anyway, Janelle has a podcast. It's called I Got More. So you can find it on YouTube. And it's, I'm not sure if it's in, it's got its own. Um, or if it's in the five reasons, but she's doing it with the five reasons sports network. So check out Janelle. I got more as the name of her podcast. I got more M O O R E and our friend Sharon, who's also been on to talk to with us before about the Memphis Grizzlies has a new show called the shy show. So you should definitely check her out and find her show and listen to what she has to say. It's really fun. Cause she does it with her grown kids. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's such oh, a great idea. And finally, Britt, who comes on and explains us uh, to everything about the CBA and like all of the complicated front office stuff. She's like so smart about all that stuff. She's been making the rounds on a lot of NBA podcasts lately. So follow Britt Robatista so you can find out where she has been talking. And Sharon is at Sharon Shy Brown. So yeah, those are some friends of ours we wanted to shout out because they've been doing some really great stuff. And uh, we recommend that you go find their works. All right. Cassidy it has been so great to talk to you so much fun to connect again um I don't know about you well I probably do know about you that you are nervous and excited just like I am where can people follow your train of thought (laughs) during (laughs) the during the games should they like to well my train of thought will be at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter uh it gets a little crazy up in there but don't worry it's kind of a fun ride And you can find me at TCB Biggs on Twitter. 
We have actually changed the uh, handle for the what pod. And of course, I didn't call it up. So um, now I have to call it up on Twitter. Talk, Cassidy. Entertain everybody for like 30 seconds. Um, other songs that I contemplated were uh, from Pocahontas. I contemplated other songs from the rescuers down under. I mean, really, I want to hear what your Disney playlist would be also. Maybe you have highlights from the season and you want to put a Disney magic spin on that. I want to know what magic spin you have for Jimmy Butler's coffee shop, what you have for Amara's stress level and her constant checking of her Apple watch. And will Brooke's excitement level at the halftime desk ever chill out? We don't know and we don't want it to. But we want to know what your takes are, and we have a take. And the very uh, not surprising handle for our new Twitter is at we have a take. <laughs> I'm so glad I looked that up. <laughs> but you're you're awesome, Cassidy. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you to all of our listeners. We will be back at some point, especially if the Blazers continue to play well in the bubble everybody be well take care of yourself wear your masks do all of the things that public health recommends so that we can at some point get back to um, a life where we can go to games together all right that's it bye